0: Just opening a beer. doo doo do doo, Oh, there it is. <laughs> I don't know. I find with the stella is the paper like as much as you can open around them. I so often have trouble with them. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just me. I don't think it's
1: anyone in ge- other than me having trouble with them. I gotta like, say, I was the one who had to go find the beer in your fridge. And when you said you had a fridge full of Stella, I assume that you had like a section full of like I don't know. <laughs> 8 or 12 styles. I didn't realize you had them positioned, like, guerrilla warfare style throughout your fridge, and I had to go, like, you know, go in with a metal detector and, and find each individual bottle. I put out four. It's like, no. I, you have to do a scavenger hunt, find little clues, and, like, you'll have little rhymes on them, and, uh, If the beer you seek is not here, can I I, I really just didn't uh, find that rhyme. not we're not improvsmen. No, improvsmen. I don't know. Is that what you call people? <laughs> This is like rappers, but okay. Speaking of rappers, did
0: you have you heard recently? I don't know if you listened to um one of our not our local station actually, it's Vermont the Buzz. Okay, they were running an advertisement this week that was like a pro condom ad, just like in general, like wear a condom, don't be an idiot. And the ad begins with, "Hi, I'm rapper, actor, and male model, Little Dicky." <laughs> uh, of course. And he's the
1: spokesperson for
0: wrapping up your dick.
1: Well, he would be, right? I mean, I, it mean, makes I sense. did not. I did not hear this advertisement. <laughs> I've been listening to the buzz a good amount lately. I do like it. It just we're usually Paula driving, and Paula gets music choice. Yeah. yeah, well, that's what matters. I well, no, I have a I have understanding with whoever whoever I'm driving with, is that the passenger can pick the music, but I have first right of veto.
0: I like that. I think that's fair because I mean I know Paula's parents. Her father, everybody's driving. It's like classic rock. It is just golden, great old classic rock. Pink Floyd, The Who, Beatles, Back to Muddy Waters, some old, even older stuff. Man, like it's good music. When her mother drives, yeah, nothing. Really, she detests having music playing in the car. It's the weirdest thing. Really? Like I didn't get to ask Paula just Road tripped uh, the three of them down to Ottawa to go do some shopping for uh, a bridesmaid's dress that she was just saying to us. And I'm betting there was no music in that car ride. Occasionally, that's, that's I know. Incredibly boring. I can't yeah, I, to I that. can't imagine yeah, anyway. that. Like even now, i like practice driving. I've only gone for a few little lessons here, just driving with yeah. Paula. And even with her, it's like the first two. I was like, okay, cool, no music, so we could talk. I-, I need music, like even just crack it a little
1: bit. That's it. Just no, it's no, like, I the, can't stand aside. I don't that know. That. The music soothes me when I'm in the car. I I can't like drive without music. Even if I was listening to like talk radio, it's better than nothing. And that's it. Like myself. Like I mean. Uh, again, whether it be the
0: gym, the bus, or just going for a walk, yeah. you need like I, I even if it's like one of our friends lives literally a block away from us, and the like forty second walk from her place, if she drops me off there when she gives me a ride home, or if I go over to say hi to her, I throw on headphones. I can't not. Mm-hmm. I don't understand people who just don't listen to music. Yeah. No. Nah. But even then, like, oh, I might, all more than, more than not, put on a podcast.
1: More likely. That's fine. But still. Yeah, no, I understand people who for, for whom music is just, I guess, not as important. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I've I met a few people who just... yeah ask them what their favorite band is. You ask them if they've listened to this song or, you know, what they think. And they're just like, eh, hey, you know, I don't... You know, it's not really something I do. They don't think of putting on music when they're just at home or, or doing whatever. But I don't know if I know anyone who actually just doesn't listen to music.
0: Yeah, like I even... Going back on common examples is CGP Grey. He doesn't listen to music, but will put on either a song or an album on a loop while he's working just to have music playing. Uh, I know very often when he was asked, he would put on the uh, album from Girl Talk. Yeah. And more recently, he was made fun of for putting on that um, really generic radio pop little girl song, um the name of which is eluding me but like everyone makes them for because it it's such a generic like Friday by Rebecca Blass something in that caliber uh, like something up there with like Katy Perry quality lyrics like one of those okay well it doesn't matter I guess what the exact song is exactly but... and again like no disrespect I kind of like Katy Perry I really do find some of her songs kind of catchy
1: you're on your own there <laughs> I don't know, I feel of the pop gibbers out there, she's one of the more tolerable ones. Well, yeah, I'm not hating on all, I'm not going to be one of those mm-hmm. guys who hates on all pop music, just because, like, I don't know. No, i consider some of the music you listen to, to be but pop music, and I think you have a great taste in music. Thank you. Yeah, I definitely, no, I, if you wanted to define pop as just music that is popular, mm-hmm. you know, you can go in and say, like, Kendrick Lamar. True. Is pop. You know, it's hip-hop, yes, but it's also pop music in the sense that it's popular, and it's... It depends how you define pop music. Because so I guess pop music does still have its own definition in yeah. terms of actually musical style and substance. But if you're looking at just pop music as music radio as top forty, radio top forty, I mean you can find def- definitely different types of bands. Twenty One yeah. Pilots, yeah. Or, um, you know the Killers, that uh, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. That, like, I mean, I even uh, today in the
0: car, you were playing a uh, Rubber Riot. Yeah and i think it was the second song after i got on the car i recognized from the radio and i was like this is actually a really good song i've heard before on the radio because where else have i heard random music before yeah Ra riot is definitely they, they got a little bit of a poppy sound yeah I and mean, we've, sure. we've gone to a few shows so like young and the giant we went to that time together
1: i consider them pop even phoenix yeah phoenix i mean like, i want to see them again they were good they were good they were fantastic bands are fun music is fun mm-hmm. music is fun
0: Oh, yeah, no. Like, I, I I, wish concerts were consistently better priced so I could go. I mean, even right now, I don't know if you follow James Corden, his uh, Late Late Show. I do not. So, I, I'd recommend his YouTube channel it's such a fun channel
1: to follow. But he does this thing, uh, Carpool Karaoke. Oh, that guy. Okay, yeah, I do know it. I, okay. I don't follow it, but I've seen, couple, so I've seen a couple videos of this. One of his most recent was the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes.
0: And that was one of the most magical things to watch, and it just reminded me how much I love that band, and how much I appreciate them as artists and, ta- and talent and characters. Mm. They will
1: be at our big uh, music festival in Montreal, Oceania. That's my
0: issue, is I have that Friday off, <laughs> so I could go see them, but it's so expensive.
1: Yeah, but there's
0: so many bands I'd like to see the day I might really like last minute, like scalper ticket splurge, maybe a last minute
1: ticket. I will be there, I will be at all three days. Oh, I really uh, should I'm go. Very excited. Um, my one disappointment is that as much as I'm like ready to see the Chili Peppers, uh, another act I was really looking forward to is Vince Staples, who's a hip hop artist. He was one of, like, I'm not a huge, huge, huge hip hop listener. But he's definitely one of those hip hop acts that I really like, and he's playing at the exact same time uh, as the Chili Pepper 7 so after miss.
0: That's me. it, true. I would have to look at the, the daily schedules are out now yeah. to see what time everything's at, because as much as I would be going that day for Red Hot, there's definitely three or four other bands. I think there's actually five that day I wanted to see. There you go. But none of them big, and they are all like halfway down the list of artists. Yeah. So kind of like you know they're on side stages. I just hope none of them overlap.
1: It's always possible. I know that there's already for me there's already a couple uh, a couple scheduling conflicts for me that, that I'm. That's to make some decisions on. I I think I've already decided on what I'm going to do, but I'll revisit. I'll see you know with people who are going, who I'm going with, and see what they want to do. Because as much as I want to see a band, I might slightly prefer probably don't want to see them alone. Or actually, no, it really depends. If I do really really like a band, I'll go see them alone. And that's I'm it. Like, like again, my. Alone. I took off the Friday. Really, I was
0: debating the Friday or the Sunday because we knew it was going to be for the main headline act of those two days: Radiohead or Red Hot. Yeah, Radiohead's on the Sunday. And that's it. Seen Radiohead twice. Once in that same venue, actually, uh, Jean Drapeau, and that was like one of those like muddy, stormy. Like it was a super funky day to go see them. Mm-hmm. It'll never outdo that in my mind. So I'd rather give a band I also love, like the Red Hot Jelly Peppers, a chance who I've never seen live. That's fair. And they're, so, they probably put on a wild show. I mean, like, this is a band who famously did entire tours where they refer to it as the uh, cocks and
1: socks. Well, yeah, where they just wore socks, socks. on their cocks. Yeah. It was a self-explanatory title, right? I don't think we needed That's to. There, there were no frills in that title, <laughs> you know? It was, it was, just, it was very true. What you point. see is what you get.
0: <laughs> also, on the topic of wardrobe... I love how for somehow nine episodes of the show, we're on episode nine now, we always record in my place. I never thought of not wearing jeans, like not dressed up as if I were like going to work or something. I'm in PJs.
1: I was like, you know what? I can, I can confirm. If you ever want to bring your PJs over while you record. I have a little pajama party. Pajama Ooh. podcast. Pajama cast. Oh God. I mean, it's seriously
0: like being so comfortable, obviously you don't have to dress up. It's one of the nicest of doing a job that doesn't require visuals. You know have to do your hair. and You always look gorgeous, so. Greed.
1: <laughs> I meant to say agreed, but I guess I got the A.
0: But I was just like,
1: did you say greed? Like, I think you mean like, uh, what's the other
0: sin that is uh, narcissism or whatever the... Uh, pride? Pride, yes. Pride was the actual sin. And I was like, you have your sins mixed up there, buddy. But you meant greed. Yes, it's a greed.
1: You are handsome fellow. Um I like one of my hobbies is uh <laughs> one of my hobbies is shortening words when they <laughs> really shouldn't be shortened. So it's just, you know. I find I I've, I've recently caught myself
0: shortening the word. I find I say I shorten totally to totes a lot when ah. I'm being sarcastic. Mm. Like I turned to someone today and I was like, Oh, you should totes post that on Twitter. Like just obby. being facetious.
1: Yeah, or obby, you're obvious. Being fa- other one. You're being facetious. You're being prestige <laughs> with that, you know? I, yeah, that, maybe I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start shortening words that nobody else shortens and see if people catch on, you know? Well, I mean, like, we talked about last time, too. It was bougie. It's technically shortened to bourgeoisie. Bougie. And that's still one of my favorite I was terms. in Toronto, I don't know if Dimitri's going to listen to this podcast, or buddy Dimitri. When I was in Toronto, for whatever reason, everything we saw was just... In our mind, it was a symbol of the bourgeoisie. I mean, we were just it out to each other. Like, I dropped the word bourgeoisie m- more in the first day I was in Toronto this, like, last weekend than I have probably in the past year. That's phenomenal. Actually, no, I drop bourgeoisie pretty regularly, but generally, ironically. I feel like we were less ironic in Toronto with our bourgeoisie use. <laughs> I could just picture you in Dimitri. That's beautiful. I miss that kid. He's a good guy. Yeah. I hang yeah, out with him a lot um, in Toronto. You actually were in Toronto for a concert bringing it all back together. I was, yeah. We're going full cirque, full cirque. I full, saw that coming, full cirque. Yeah, we're going to just like continuing the loop, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was in Toronto for a concert by a band. Well, I guess one guy named City and Color. Um, what is his actual name? This Dallas the- Green. Isn't Dallas he a singer from another band? He is a singer from a band called Alexis on Fire. That was it, If okay. you are Canadian, you probably know them. If you're not, you might not know them as much. It's funny, I'm Canadian and I can, I mean,
0: I know of them, but I can't think of a single one of their songs, particularly off the top of my head. You'll, but I'm sure if you played like their top three, that's I would know. It. If
1: I played a couple of their more popular songs, I feel like you would know at least one of them. Um, it was a solid show, and it was free tickets, so... That's always good. Can't complain. Can't was it complain. free because Carol had bought two tickets and had a spanker, no, or No, Carol it- got free tickets, so oh, she's like, yeah. an extra one, you're invited, just come on down to Toronto. I'm like, I will come on down to Toronto. That sounds like a great plan. That's a pretty solid plan. I like, would love that. I'll be the first to admit, I'm not the biggest City and Color fan out there, but... A free concert is a free concert,
0: right? and this is yeah. We talked about this on the car right here, and I'll repeat it a little bit for the listeners. Is uh, never knock a show. I there are bands that I will never listen to. Like they are never my I'm in the mood for this band. Like even ironic nineties early like nineties whatever nights. I'm never really gonna turn around and go. Oh, Simple Plan is the band I want to listen to. Like no, I have other stuff to listen to. But the X was a fan of them. I've seen Simple Plan in concert now twice. Mm-hmm. They put on a hell of a show.
1: So, yeah, yeah, that's what I heard. Like they what,
0: have, I mean, again, we're in Quebec, we're in their hometown, so, yeah, they got this they funk for us, but, yeah. but they have, they had a great stage presence, that had a lot of fun, and I gotta say, I respect a band for a good show, my biggest pet peeve is a band that gets up there, and it basically, it's like, you may as well just listen to the album.
1: Yeah, I was having this conversation, um, actually, with Shannon, because we, this past weekend, we drove down to to Burlington to see Brian Fallon. Oh yes, I knew you had another show also. Yeah, concert goer, you. Yeah, I got, I got more coming anyway. AF. Yeah, you know that's what I do. And anyway, um, (laughs) Brian Fallon is the lead singer of a band called the Gaslight Anthem. Okay, them two I know. Yeah, you, you. I think you would know them. Yeah. And we were talking, like Brian Fallon. First of all, one thing he did that was great is he he had banter with the crowd. Mm. and he would just you know he would crack jokes he would talk to us as if like we were just you know all sitting around on a couch yeah all 300 of us on one couch um, so it's almost as big as my couch yeah exactly but um <laughs> and that's it and i think we got to talking afterwards and she's like yeah no i've seen bands where they really they just they don't talk to the crowd at all they just play their songs in order and Here's the thing. I don't always say that's a bad thing because there are bands whose shows are so intricate. I'm going to give you an example. Muse. Yes. Muse, um, they do talk to the crowd, but they do it very sparsely. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the intervals between their songs, there's always something going on. And it's just part of the experience. So... If you're just a band performing at, let's say, a smaller venue, like, a, like in our case, Metropolis or something mm-hmm. like that, and you're just up there playing your songs and in the middle, it's just, like, this awkward silence. By all means, that's kind of shitty. But if you're Muse or a band like Muse or a band that puts on a show like Muse... And I'm gonna sound like this, like the 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 snooty muse fan here for a second, but I'm just using them as an example.
0: Well, I mean, they're the a fantastic
1: of, band, and I think if I had to give an example myself, it would likely be them. That's it. They're a great band and they're a great live show that you could tell the amount of detail that they yeah. put into to their live show to make it enjoyable. And if that, you know, comes at the expense of them just saying, Hey, glad to be here. This is, you know, this is this guy on the bass and this guy on the drums, and I'm Matt Bellamy. I don't really know the other guy's names. I, well, um, I don't even know, know Bellamy's name there. Yeah, Matt yeah. Bellamy. I know him. And so, yeah, if we don't hear that, that's not the end of the world, in my opinion, if we get something else in the interim. If I'm just standing up there, like, picking my butt, while, exactly. like, the drummer counts me in for my next song... A little gross, but I mean, yeah. You know what I mean. I'm not actually picking my butt. Nor are you in a band, so. Nor am I in a band. (laughs) What do you you play the
0: butt pick? (laughs) Won't be seeing that show. Um, Yeah, like I always look back at my first concert was System of a Down. Ooh. And I mean, as a first concert, it was a really fun show. I loved it. They were great. They played all their biggest hits. Uh, But looking back at it, they literally just got on stage, played their biggest hits, they fooled around a bit on stage. Like, I know, at one point, uh, one of them like lay down, like take a nap, air quotes here, uh, during a, another guy's solo, and then like hops back into it, kind of thing. It's like oh, a little funny, but like there was no audience interaction, there was no showmanship, there was no big. They literally got on stage and played for themselves, less for us. I know that sounds a little greedy, but like it really. Yeah. It was a first concert, so it didn't hit me as bad. Yeah. But my next show was Nine It's Nails, and like Muse, they put on a freaking show. Yeah. There's smoke and mirrors and illusions, and like, it may as well be a magic show with Trent Reznor playing music behind it. That's pretty cool. And I've seen them again since, again at the Bell Center, and they
1: put on an even better show. Well, that's it. I've seen Muse twice now, both at the Bell Center, and it's always been a good time. It disappoints me a little bit to hear that about System of a Down, because when I was 15, 16, like, System of a Down was my life. They were my favorite band. Uh, definitely always I, I never had a chance to go see them um, but it does disappoint me to hear that a little bit
0: yeah and I was going to say though I have gotten feedback from people saying that they've been to system shows that have been phenomenal I think it was more the Bell Center's fault because the venue okay. tends to really cater to big standard shows it's only recently they've gotten a little better at the showmanship alright that's fair like I saw Radiohead I've seen them twice now once at uh, Par John like I said and once at the Bell Center and the Bell Center show you could tell they tried to do some cool stuff but they were restrictive Mm. whereas their live stuff along the way it's live but their show out um, in the park like they were able to have a lot more fun with it
1: okay okay Uh, well I mean at the same time a concert it's not even just a band that can that can make or break a concert experience for you it's other concert goers oh yes Uh, again same Brian Fallon concert um Shan and I, we made our way sort of more towards the front and center as much as we could. But it just so happened that we were standing right next to this lady who had a very, very shrill and loud voice. Oh! And so at one point, I don't know what she was talking about with like, I guess her boyfriend or her husband or whoever was there with her. But in the middle of like his fucking song, she's just like, are you fucking serious? are you fucking serious? Apparently there was something that was so important that she had to like discuss this during the show and bless another lady who was sitting like who was on the other side of us she actually at one point leaned over and shushed her oh god bless she shushed her and the lady's like are you kidding me? and the other lady says all I can hear is you (laughs) (laughs) and so the other lady responds oh well so what buy the CD I'm like ugh don't be at the fucking concert. Get like, the fuck out of here. Yeah, thankfully that lady stayed quiet and she eventually actually left before the show ended. But Good it's just for like her. Have some concert etiquette. No, I, I'm with you 100% on that one. Unfortunately, I've had some of that in other shows in the past and I I don't have the... Um, I guess I'm not the type of person to... Say somebody? Say something or to shush someone. I, mean, like, I, I get that, to, though. I get that. I'm, like, I'm it takes a lot of... It does take a lot of guts. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that lady is definitely my hero who shushed her. Yeah. Because we all, like, I'm sure myself, you know, Shannon, everyone in a, like, Wanted a to 20 be the one. People wanted now. to happen. They wanted her to be Yeah, shushed. in fact, actually, at the end of the show, another lady who was near us walked over and, like, said, hey, thanks <laughs> for doing that. <laughs> so, Beautiful. it was, um. What was it?
0: I think it may have been you and I at a show. I think it may have been one of the streetlight shows in the past. Was it the one we went to with Pete or the one we went to, um. Oh, I couldn't recall right now, but right. I recall a woman shrieking. Like, you know when someone, like, you're as as loud as you can to a kid and they do, like, the high pitch, yeah. ah! like, top of her lungs? Whenever we were, like, cheering and clapping, she would do that. Mm. But to the point where, like, it's a small venue, Echoes, you couldn't pinpoint her, but, like, you could see everyone go, like, what the fuck? Like, whoa, like, calm the fuck down? Yeah. Every fucking song she did it, like, the beginning of the song, and it was just enough to kill us. I thought it was a show with you, maybe it was someone else then, but... Um, no, I don't recall something like that, but maybe oh I Oh my notice. god, that was Sorry. disturbing. Uh, absolutely, like, it didn't kill the show, but, like, it killed the vibe between every song, which really sucked. Oh, well, that's fair. Yeah. I think my favorite thing still, though, is those really small, like, intimate venues. I know it sounds, like, really, like, cheesy to say, but I love those moments that make them really unique shows. So the two I always go back to uh, is seeing Mother Mother in a really tiny venue on top of a sofa store. Okay. Or a mattress store, maybe. I don't even know. Uh, with, like, a friend of a friend type thing. Like, I didn't know the person very well, but they wanted to go. And okay. I fell in love with the band Mother Mother. They're fantastic. Newest album's a little meh, but still a fantastic band. That's all right. And the show was the kind of thing where, like, they we were all sitting around this bar being like, oh, the show's going to begin soon. And we're trying to figure out where the stage is because there really isn't an obvious stage area. And they all come out and like, bring the drums out with them. On a, like, slightly raised platform on the middle of the floor. Okay. Like, where a dance floor may have been for, like, a party. Okay. Like, people were sitting where they were going to put the amps. They'd, like, ask, like, oh, can you get up for a second? Cool. And, like, put their own amps down. Like, super intimate space. And people were, like, sitting on the stage, like, you know, the edge of the stage, like, sitting there, like, as they were playing. They were super cool they would super fun. It was a super small venue, and they were just super happy to be there with this group.
1: Oh, that's awesome. We couldn't have
0: been more than, like, a hundred people. They also did something really fun, I found. They had bought extra tickets, uh-huh. the band themselves, and left them at the ticket counter on um, like we'll call. And they would tweet out, Hey, we got two more tickets for uh this name, just show up and say that name and they'll give you the tickets. But there were names like, you know, Mr. Professor Furbottom the Third and like silly names. People were showing up being like, Hello, I'm Professor Furbottom the <laughs> Third Senior Esquire, and like, here's your tickets. I thought it was a really fun gimmick, even just a pre-show thing, kind of am for it. Yeah and it was, a, well, it was a really good like small crowd in a bar with like nice chairs that so really felt intimate well, that's cool and then I always share the one my favorite one is seeing one of my favorite bands the Decemberists okay uh, I, had, I was downtown for a school project anyways and I was like well I'll just go do my photography and then when the sun goes down I'll get in line and the sun went down stupid early so I was there like I think I was in line easily an hour and a half early like I was at like, the one guy at the theater like freezing cold just like oh, I'm an idiot this yeah. was stupid but I was like, it's too far to go anywhere, and I'm going to lose my spot. I may as well keep it. Two more idiots joined me in line, so we three people huddling together, and I turn around and realize I know them. So at least that was fun. Ah. Huh. We ended up being front and center to the show, and it was just the most phenomenal show. Uh, my brothers met me there, too, but they got there so much later, that they were, like, way behind me. I remember at one point, he shouts out Rick Ross for no reason, the lead singer. <laughs> and I see my brother going, Rick Ross? Like, way off in the back. And I'm like, found him. There he is. My brother. Uh, and I just go back to this night because it was one of those moments that will never be repeated during the opening song he comes up right to the front of the stage the lead singer the lead guitarist uh, feet on the front of the stage like literally like the point where his toes are in my face and he looks down at me and kind of has that moment of like huh and steps on me like puts his foot up on my shoulder so he's like in like a knee knee up kind of like like power stance that he was standing on like a foot up on a chair and just continues playing the final solo to the song. And I'm just like. <gasps> like one of my favorite artists of all time is standing on me to play a guitar solo. This is the greatest thing ever. Oh my God. Fuck. And like, my friend beside me, Adam, is just like. The fuck? Song ends. They all like, you know, do a little bow and a thank you. And he, he kneels down and like brushes <laughs> the dirt off my shoulder. Uh-huh. Like, sorry, I was in the mood. And you look like you were well, down. And I was, down, and yeah, I was like, was down? Right. <laughs> Like, I still, to that day, I actually ended up wearing a polar bear hat to that concert for no reason. I still have it. If I ever see them again, i bring in the damn hat with me. Hmm. Just on the off chance he recalls the time in Montreal where he's still on the guy with the polar bear hat's shoulder. Because so he did pat me on the head and say, nice hat.
1: Oh, there you go. It was a... Uh, Maybe he'll remember. Again, a very unique moment, but an incredibly memorable moment. Yes. Well, those, those types of concerts are always fun. Mm-hmm. You know what's also fun? Tattoos. Speaking of which... Tattoos. Oh, uh, look at that segue. <laughs> <That> segways <laughs> are, are weird, you know? Yeah, there's a balance on them, and they're two wheels. I don't get them. No, nah, I wrote a segue once. But anyway, How on you segue- ever actually? I have. Interesting, another day, another day. Yeah, I don't want to segue into segways. I segues. Um, <laughs> My anger is what? Yeah. Where, where am I? Did I give you the contra code to your brain? <laughs> we're talking about tattoos on the actual, like, beef beef meat part of the show <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the beef section of the show where we talk about our beefs with things this week's beef is tattoos yeah we're changing our name and we're speaking of which so it's all about beef <laughs> Just the beef show be- <laughs> the beef show where we discuss our beefs would the beef show have an episode about like actual beef though be kind of weird oh uh, we can be really meta about that dude get an actual cow on the show live yeah, or we can get that shit, that, that old lady from the old Wendy's commercial that goes, where's the beef? Wow, I had no idea where that was going. I was trying to be like, I'm going to follow you because improv, but what the fuck are you going to with old <laughs> ladies
0: now and beef? I'm very afraid of this topic. Uh, no, tattoos. Um, I'll break the ice and start. Um, one of the big things is your host right now, if you haven't met us in person, or know us well enough in person, which is a shame. Uh, Ryan here has zero tattoos, but is planning on getting one. Two two I got two in the works Ooh, look at you fancy pants mm-hmm. uh, I myself uh, in the last six years have acquired seven tattoos I'm not going to go too much into all of them but I do want to go into the first thing which is the type of person to get a tattoo so mm-hmm. I look at you Ryan you have two plans. I know one of them yeah what is the other one so I'm just curious first of all and what is your what is the
1: reason behind them both like why are these the two you're getting Okay. well, the first I'll talk about the first one that, you know, Mm -hmm. and that is to get the chemical composition or the atomic structure for serotonin on my um, on my left forearm. The reason for that is um, for me, I've always had, I guess, some issues with with my anxiety and serotonin is the chemical in your brain that's responsible for, like, giving you good vibes and stuff. Or giving you good thoughts. Yeah. So I guess if ever I am, like, you know, the anxiety is not as bad as it was. But Go if ahead. ever it does, you know, if I'm having a sh- stressful or tougher day, it can sort of look down at my forearm. And even if my brain's not making enough, maybe I can just see it there and and sort of have osmosis and stuff. I respect and, uh, that. Uh, the other one is actually, it's a pretty simple one. It's just a triangle. Mm-hmm. and It'll be on my right calf. Uh, triangle again. I don't know why I'm wearing all these scientific ones. I'm not a science person, but I do like what they represent. The triangle obviously is the delta, mm-hmm. and the delta in science, and actually I think in just other, it just represents change.
0: Or yeah, an alchemy for example. Exactly. Change, I'm
1: totally mistaken. I believe you're right, and mm-hmm. so I guess just you know a reminder that change, you know, change happens. Change is change is important. And you know, I've always had some issues sometimes with change. And so I guess just having it as a reminder that it, it it's inevitable sometimes and to and to go forward with it. Um, I like those. They're both very nice ideas, actually. Yeah. The serotonin I know because I was starting to do some
0: design work for you. And again, we'll, we'll touch base on that ourselves off show. So that leads me to the first type of person I find when it comes to tattoos. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to say three people, and I think I'm actually that number even doesn't make sense in my head right now. Okay. But this is the a tattoo to remind you of something. Mm -hmm. You get a tattoo because it has a meaning to you. You look at it, it reminds you of that part of you or that experience or that moment and you relate to it. So I currently have seven. This is true for six of them. and I'll go into the last one later. Yeah. Uh, Not to go into all seven because it could take forever because I've done this. But my first one is the famous quote from the end of any Mario level, I'm sorry, but the princess is in another castle. And this, to me, huge behind the scenes and story, but basically what it comes down to, to me, is this was something in those games that really always meant there was more out there. You've reached the end, but it isn't the end of this. It's the end of this moment, but not the end of your journey. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I even go back and say, like, I mean, I honestly played that game. I had the Super Nintendo at the end of the bed every night. So before I went to bed, I'd play some games. And very often, if I wanted a reaching the end of something, kind of hitting a conclusion, I could play the first two and a half, three levels of Mario, no problem. And that was a nice way to close the chapter, was that. Yeah. So to me, it's always been a, you're never done. There's always more out there. You know, Even when you find the princess, there's the next game. Even when you finish that game, there's another console and in my life it's always been to me that there's always more out there you've never achieved your final stage there's always and more you can do mm-hmm. like I always say this podcast finally getting this podcast off the ground recording my own show and having like a regular this to do was a goal for me but I achieved this goal and it's not over yeah. next is building this audience growing this maybe starting other shows with other people and having multiple shows maybe moving into this as a career getting into voice acting This is just one more castle in the thousands and millions of castles I may end up in. Uh, And all my tattoos mean something like that to me. From, I mean, I have a tattoo, uh, again, I'm going to be quick, I'm sorry, Uh, the portal I have on my shoulder from the game Portal. That to me is just an amazing piece of writing and media and just to me reminds me that nothing is as it seems. A video game isn't just a video game, it can be a great story. Yeah. If I want to go and write, I don't have to conform. I can be my own thing. I can break molds. All of my, A lot of my tattoos, a lot of the video game ones, do sort of give me that. They're all examples of games that have taught me lessons in life, in how to live my life, and how to change, and how to evolve, and how to grow. To one of my favorites is the only one I'll get really into, if I haven't done enough already, is getting the Mario tattoo, the princess one. My buddy uh, Nathaniel always made fun of me for this one. Saying, right. like you have it like literally I can tell my friends I know a guy who has the word princess tattooed to his leg okay. it's funny I'm not gonna lie it's kind of silly and then we had a conversation and he goes like my biggest issue with tattoos is can you really get a tattoo today that in 10 years 20 years 30, you're still gonna love and I said you know what I think I still will and here I am seven years later with some of these tattoos and I'm still loving them not a single regret any of them and he said well what would at the time, I was, I think, 11. I was at 11, 21. And he goes, <laughs> oh, sorry, he goes, 10 years ago, 11-year-old Drew. What would 11-year-old Drew get as a tattoo? And I thought for a minute, I right away said, probably a Pokemon tattoo. Within a week, I got a Pokemon tattoo. There you go. And to me, again, another meaningful one, it's, uh, it's what got me out of my shell in school.
1: Yeah. I was popular in elementary school because I was the Pokemon guy. If I can add a comment on that. Yes. I don't know. I, for me, it's always been... Not about what your tattoo will be to you in 10 years or in 20 years. It's all about what the tattoo is for you at the time that you get it. And then just sort of, I guess, bringing back that memory of where you were. It's not necessarily something that's supposed to always eternally be relevant to you. Because then no one would get tattoos. If they wanted to be sure it was something that would be good for 80 years, no one would get tattooed. A tattoo is a snapshot of where you were at that point in your life, and that's why people get tattoos. I'm curious. Are you digging into any past knowledge on this subject? I do remember having this conversation with someone or hearing that that opinion somewhere, and I totally agree with it. I was going to bring this exact point up and bring up the person I heard it from, to be specific. Jeff from Achievement Hunters and Rooster Teeth. I don't think I heard it from Jeff. But I did, I do definitely know I had this conversation um, with, I just hiccuped Midword. word <laughs> uh, I did have this conversation <laughs> with somebody or I heard it somewhere. I don't exactly remember where, but it changed the way I thought. Because I was always very apprehensive about getting a tattoo. Like, I always knew mm-hmm. I wanted one. There were tattoo ideas that I had and that I dropped because I'm like, oh, in 10 years, in five years, in three years, is this going to matter to me? And then I heard that or I figured, you know, I thought of it that way. And it stopped, you know, that stopped being that big of an issue.
0: And I like that because one of the points I was definitely going to get to at some point, but I mean, you brought me, you laid out the frigging red carpet for me, is uh, Jeff, one of the founders at Richard Teeth, who currently runs Achievement Hunters, or actually used to, long story, whatever. He always gets asked, he has tons. He is literally like head to toe, there's tattoos. It's ridiculous. I'm impressed. I think it's amazing. And people ask him, do you regret any of your tattoos? And he goes, no. There are some that I can't stand. I think I'm stupid for getting and I don't like them anymore. But none of them are regretted. Because when I got them, they had a meaning at that time.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. 13-year-old Jeff, 15-year-old Jeff, 20-year-old Jeff. He got those tattoos because they meant something. They weren't just stupid tattoos to him. Looking back now, you know, I think like 13-year-old Jeff, what a dumb thing to do. Yeah. But that's 30-something-year-old Jeff, not 13-year-old Jeff talking anymore. Mm-hmm. So I may not love all my tattoos equally at this age. Right. And again, I'm, I'm quoting Jeff here. Myself, Drew, one day I make get tired some of the tattoos and re- not regret them, but not love them the way I do now, which I still don't think will happen, but may. But 20-year-old Drew, 22-year-old Drew, had a dream, had a passion, had a soul for this stuff, and he got these tattoos. And I respect those 100%. The biggest thing to me is... And this is one of those other things I'll bring up... Is the other type of people to get tattoos. One of my ex-girlfriends had an older brother... Who had a huge, like, blue thunder tiger on his back. And I asked him one day. I'm like, it's a great tattoo. I love the design. Like, what's, what's it mean? He goes... Just shrugs. And I'm like... Well, where'd you get it? And they, you know, who designed it? And he goes... Eh. Went to the tattoo parlor. was in one of his books. I liked it. I said, do me this one. And it's almost like that to me is... I feel bad if anyone our listeners is like this, but to get a tattoo with no meaning, no passion, no
1: nothing behind it, it just feels stupid. It's it's a foreign concept to me also. Mm-hmm. Because especially and 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 nowadays there's a lot of, you know, there's LA Inc. or NY Inc. or mm-hmm. Miami Inc., all these shows on TV that are just about tattoos, and what you always hear is you hear the story. Behind each of the tattoos that they feature on their shows. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, I guess, now have are married to the idea that every tattoo has to have some deep and important meaning to the tattoo getter. Or even not necessarily it doesn't have to be like it's that deep or important, but at least something relevant to the acquirer of said tattoo.
0: And again, it might be an unpopular opinion, possibly. I feel it's more common. I would agree with that. I would not get a tattoo just because. And I do no. say this a little biasly because I do have a tattoo I got just because. You do. I have a tattoo, which, and I still look back at it. and I love it as much as the others. It may not have its own story, but it kind of does because, it, because it's lack of a story makes a story. Uh, it is a robot in a hat. I was a friend of mine had posted a thing on uh, Facebook mentioning he had got a tattoo from a friend. It was for the sake of a contest, so he got part of the prize money, got a free tattoo out of it. And I, I was just, I was hooked on the idea of tattoos because after the first one, it's like a high you chase almost like a drug. I'm warning you now, Ryan. Two will not be the end for you. I promise. Uh, there will be, sure. be You'll plan the third, the fourth, the eighth, the ninetieth. The ninetieth, we'll, right. we'll be we'll be old men recording this podcast in the year twenty ninety nine. That's optimistic. Eh, science, technology, future, will be fine. All right, it's really only eighty something years, really.
1: It's not that. I would crazy. still put us both in the century club.
0: Eh, science, technology, chill, happen. Old men <laughs> talking tattoos, like. A I funeral. just reminded
1: the, the line from Inception. No, no, no. I was going to say let's be old men together, but the line in Inception is let's be young men together. <laughs> that's but, wrong cheers let's be old men together yeah recording this podcast into the late future the late future never. but mind. I imagine we'll do hologram podcasts at that point
0: oh no, yeah I know there'll like, be like yeah. VR podcasts something crazy the podcast will be us
1: wait what <laughs> we'll literally remember. travel around the world
0: and holograms like uh, uh what's the rapper who died that does hologram shows
1: now Tupac Tupac that's the one wow <laughs> Not knowing my stuff. <laughs> we'll also do podcasts on Mars because it'll be a planet by then. It'll be a. It'll be a. I
0: mean,
1: it'll be a, a, a Ryan, a, crazy news. Mars, totally a planet now. I mean, it'll be a human planet. Inhabited planet. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I just made my night.
1: Um, Mars will be a planet with people on it. There you go. Or <laughs> amoebas. Amoebas. <laughs> Omibus oh, Broadcasting to our millions and trillions of friends On yep, Mars On Mars Well podcasts
0: of ours are called Marscasts I feel that's one of those weird things where like they, they, Everything that happens on another planet Is a it Has that name planet's name in it Like if we podcast on the sun it would be a suncast We don't call it an Earthcast do we? It's a weird thing
1: Uranuscast <laughs> I broke my ass What do you wear here Uranuscast? Yeah <laughs> Can I sign it? <laughs> no, it's not um. that kind of cast.
0: <laughs> we were so far from the topic I was trying to bring up. Uh, I was going to share the story, so I have a tattoo that because a friend had won in a contest, I had gone and gotten one also off a guy on Craigslist. Ended up being he was leaving the shop, needed to just get some work done and get rid of some extra ink, and wanted to expand his portfolio. So for 50 bucks, no tip, no nothing, he did this beautiful piece that... Most people will look at it and be like, that's easily a $300, tattoo, and it's not. And I'll agree. Uh, so my wife, to be Paula, uh, is not a fan of tattoos. She, is she not. understands the ones I have. She respects the ones I have. Didn't love that one as an impromptu tattoo. No. And the fact that my following one, which was a planned tattoo, happened so quickly afterwards by pure luck. Yeah. Didn't really make her happy. So I haven't got another one since, although or another one of her friends wants another one and is trying to drag me along with her, and I'm not gonna stop her per se, but I might get killed before the wedding. Hey. So we'll see what happens. So, got this tattoo, and again, unlike my other tattoos, it does not have this meaningful, deep connection to me. And kind of weirdly, I felt bad about this and wanted to make a reason for it. I wanted to have a meaning. So I wrote a children's book, which is yet to be published or illustrated, but is roughly finished and edited and laid out. It just needs an artist, which again I'm always seeking. And I have placed this robot as one of the characters in that, novel, that short children's uh, There you go. Picture book. Sometimes you make meaning of your tattoos after as much as I cared for the tattoo of a meaning, it inspired me to go do something. My other tattoos I always say are inspirational and remind me of my ability to write or remind me of my ability to create and be funny or to talk and do this stuff. But here is one that actively made me go out and do something because I wanted it to have a meaning. If, you have this huge if, smile if, on your face. The fuck did I miss? If,
1: if I get a tattoo of a I don't know, of, of like a snake in a sombrero <laughs> will you add that to your like Chalupa the snake? And, like Add that to your children's book? 100? He'll get his own fucking book. Chalupa the snake.
0: Gonna say, like, when I go to some tequila company or something? I'm like, snake in a sombrero tequila would be a great brand. I would drink snake in a sombrero. <laughs> it's a mouthful, though. <laughs> it's a mouthful of tequila.
1: <laughs> wow, we're hitting the crazy portion of too um, way. <laughs> Well, okay, you have a third type of tattoo person, right? And this is a prime example, my friend Allie. Our friend Allie. Our friend Allie. Uh, who I spoke to today
0: about this in length on our car ride home. Yes, I okay. heard it's kind of an offshoot of the type that you and I are, which is the... Her tattoos also have meaning. I'm not going to underplay any of hers. They're beautiful pieces. But she is much more liberal what she gets. So all of mine I designed myself, or were borrowed from other artists that are pre-exist. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, with the exception of the robot. Yours, I know I'm helping you design one of them. The other one is, I mean, fairly simple, but I mean, obviously you will sit down and figure out the right way to do it and
1: make it very you. Yeah, I have an idea of how I want to do it, but we'll see. That's if, it, you know.
0: Ali has a ton of tattoos. I mean, I wish I'd have asked for the number, but I mean, I can think of at least a dozen,
1: if not more. Well, I have uh, I have our, our other friend, Tanya, who says she has 17. Uh, herself? Herself. Damn it, I can only think of like three or four of hers. I imagine so, Ali might have a lot that or more. Sorry. I'd probably say more from the
0: looks of it. I mean, just bigger ones too. But Ali has a much more passionate connection, not so much to what the tattoo is, But having a rough idea, having an idea of what she wants, and finding the right artist. And that's her one thing she told me to stress on the show, and I respect that, is find the right artist. Mm -hmm. Because mine were all self-designed, it didn't really matter who the artist was as long as I can recreate my image. Yeah. I respect a better artist who's more talented. And even in a copy and paste fashion, a better artist will be better at doing so making sure it comes out nicely. Yeah, But Allie's the type of person to really connect to an artist and her current artist who did her last two pieces, which are phenomenal pieces. She had gone to with, this is what I want. No drawing, no sketch, just a very like rough idea, maybe a little quick sketch out. Artist will then do a nice piece sketch along his iPad Pro and get everything nice and perfect and colors and everything and the width and the size of the lines and the style and everything. Mm -hmm. They'll both agree on it and she'll get it done. And she's actually told me now she's looking at doing with any major trip she goes on, instead of buying a souvenir, getting a tattoo done. it's interesting. And doing this, she'll do the research. She's going to XYZ to find the right artist in that area, find one that connects with her, talk to them in advance, give them an idea of, I'm going to be in your area. I like to give a tattoo from you Is one of my trip tattoos. And not just like a tattoo of, like, oh, I was in Texas, da, 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 da. but getting a nice tattoo, something she's already wanted. Mm-hmm. But finding an artist in that area, so she's a piece that is not just meaningful to her. It's a connection to the artist who did the piece and a connection to where she got it, the place and the time. That's cool. So I feel like kind some of the third person is the many tattoo person, the person who will just keep getting tattoos, doesn't really have that limit and, yeah. or like will just keep going. But not because tattoos are fun. I want tattoos. That's part of it. There's, again, that passion. There's that connection. Yeah. There's that everything there. We even talked about with Allie, one of her tattoos was won in a contest. Yes. And she had said she entered it because she loved the tattoo. She found meaning in it in her own way. It does have a connection to her on a meaningful level. It's not just because it was, I had a chance of winning a free tattoo. i thought, I want a free tattoo. She's connected with the artist, the first female artist she ever had, actually, she tells me. Oh, wow. And is actually now seeking to go back to this artist in the future because she's found a connection with her. And there you go. So as opposed to mine where I, I forced meaning upon it after getting it. She accepted this tattoo and entered hoping to get it and actually got it and it's a beautiful piece. It's a porcelain doll. Mm -hmm. But she had a meaning to it. It meant something to her already. And I just, I think that's an amazing thing and I mean, 100 points to her for being such an incredible person to go to for tattoo advice and help and knowledge. And if you're ever looking for a tattooed person's advice, her piece of advice is know the artist, meet the artist, love the artist. Yes. Because... A lot of people, if you're not already in design like myself, you're not gonna make all your own mm-hmm. tattoos. But if you want a passionate personal tattoo,
1: find yeah. an artist who matches your vision. That's it. Our other friend Tiny says similar things. Like she has seventeen tattoos, but they're all meaningful to her. And so I'll just read a couple of what she has. I unfortunately, don't I don't think we have the time to go through her entire message. But um, her favorite, her favorite tattoo that she has is a Golden Girls quote. That she has on her leg. It says, Oh, do you know how many great late-night talks we've had at this kitchen table over cheesecake? <laughs> yes, I love that quote. I so know she, she had yeah. that. So Tanya grew up with the Gold like <clears throat> on the Golden Girls, so whenever you know life got tough, her father and her would go to Chinoise in the middle of the night to sit at the same table and eat cheesecake.
0: Aww. And so she
1: also has a letter that he wrote her. Um, she has her grandparents take her flowers, she's got a little Disney symbol. So Many things that look point like her Her main point is many things that look pointless to people, to other people, but they go a long way to just remind myself, uh, and this is her, her words, remind myself every day about the things that matter most to me.
0: I like that. It's well said.
1: It's very well said, I think. Tanya, if
0: you're listening, thank you for those words. I like that.
1: Yeah, they're really nice. And I feel like I would be doing a disservice if I didn't mention uh, my cousin's comment, who actually commented on my Facebook post. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so I'm going to quickly read that because he also shared our podcast post. We've got some Aww. viewers in Florida
0: listening.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the great Florida. state of Florida.
0: The, uh, the, the Wang of America, in a positive way.
1: Wangs are amazing things. Cherish them. You can do a lot with them. You can. Anyway, he says he has one tattoo. Um, It's the five mana symbols from Magic the Gathering arranged in the same way the pentagram on the back of the card is arranged. It's on my right bicep. I got near the height of my competitive life and it's a testament to how much and how far the game has impacted me. It's only in that particular location because my work didn't allow exposed tattoos at the time. But, again, this, this, this goes back to he got at the height of his... Because, yes, he he did compete in magic tournaments. He got at the height of his tournament competition. He doesn't compete in tournaments, I guess, as much anymore. I know he still posts about them a lot. He posts mm-hmm. about new magic stuff. But it goes back to what I was saying is that just because he got this tattoo, it doesn't mean he has to be into magic as intensely as he was then for the rest of his life. He might not even like magic by the time he's, what, 40, 50, whatever. But it's about what it meant to him in that moment. And again, he only has one, but he wants to get more.
0: Yeah, I remember reading this one, and a funny uh, Tanya's boyfriend who I met recently also has the same magic tattoo.
1: Yeah, and that's not to in any
0: way disinvalue this tattoo. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, the two all tattoos, of my tattoos I'm tattoos, planning.
1: Uh, many people have. Oh yeah, I feel all of my
0: robot one, ironically are all from a video game through either direct replicas of a design from a video game or a direct adaptation of one of them. Yeah. I can guarantee you I'm not alone in any of them. I just haven't met anyone else with the same ones, exact same ones yet, even close so far on some of them. Yes. But that doesn't take away from their meaning. And that's a fantastic one. I remember doing that comment and loving that tattoo. Because I was huge in the magic too. And had I been as big into magic as I was into Pokemon, for example, I might have that tattoo today. Yeah. Because that's a great symbol. It's a great symbol of a thing. And it also kind of makes that connection, too. Like, I was at a, a Pokemon convention last weekend, and uh, we talked tattoos, actually, with a gentleman there. And we were talking about how nice and tattoos are, how intricate they are, and I flipped up my sleeve and showed off my Pokemon tattoo. And he was just like, that's insane. I've never seen that one. But, like, recognized it right away, knew what it was, and we had a nice little bonding moment over a tattoo I had. That's cool. So with fans of a series, it makes a great connection. Uh, The last one I wanted to bring up, and this is another really special one to me, is our friend Rachel. She has a tattoo of an angel uh, on her lower back, and I feel like this is one of those ones where people go like, oh, lower back tattoo is like, the the, the tramp stamp, hers totally isn't. It's a little higher than that usual spot, but still lower back, Mm -hmm. and even those, you have your reasons, get your tattoos, I'm not going to judge. That's it. Uh, And hers was, she calls it her guardian angel, she got it after surgery for scoliosis. Mm -hmm. she had gone through a difficult surgery and came out of it on top fantastically and got this beautiful angel tattoo she calls her guardian angel Uh, she even pointed out a few tips about it was she actively chose that the angel should be naked for a symbol of purity but of course positioned in such a way or nothing sexual showing right Um, being a winged angel with a shackle around her ankle that is broken like a broken chain to show freedom like all these little choices and it's to represent her strength yeah But here is someone saying, I just survived this insane amount of surgery and I've come out a better person because of it. I want something more than just a scar because her tattoo is right below the scar on her back.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I want something more than just this scar on my back. I want something to go with it, a piece to remind me of what I went through and what I've become because of it. Yeah. So I I feel like in our wrapping up here, I I really want to just get to, uh, I think both of us can safely say we are pro tattoo. Yes. It isn't for everyone. I mean, I look at my girlfriend who, example, was telling us today, uh, she promised her parents she wouldn't get a tattoo. And she she said it to me too. My parents don't ask much of me and I I feel it's something small enough that I can respect and I feel like even if her parents weren't against it, they're not really her thing. She wouldn't do one. Mm -hmm. And I respect that wholeheartedly. Tattoos aren't for everyone. Like when you told me you wanted your first one, I didn't expect it. I was surprised. Really? You never appeared as a tattoo-getting guy to me. I totally see you with a tattoo. Like, I'm not saying I think it's stupid you're getting one. hmm I just... You were the person I'd peg as a tattoo guy. That's fair. But then again, I don't really feel like a tattoo guy myself, and now I'm planning an eighth one, which I really want, and I, again, have a whole meaning behind, and we'll save it another day if we get to it again. Yeah. Because, uh, again... When and if and when more when I'm hoping you get yours. I'd love to revisit this on like a preamble bit of the top podcast.
1: Yeah, it'll be when I imagine by the end of the year, I'll have end of if the not year. one, then two. Dude, I like that little little fist bump there. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, if
0: you have something, and this is here some advice I was given. If you have a tattoo right now, you like whether it's a vague idea or the full design you've met with an artist who's done a test sample for you maybe keep it close wallet purse somewhere you're going to see it often enough yeah and keep it there you know if it's your first tattoo maybe let's say a month two months and look at it every day and tell yourself do I still like this design
1: yeah I've done that with both of my ideas or something similar to that and that's it like even so. when Paul says the
0: ampersand went a little quick I have an ampersand tattoo on my uh, fore- right forearm that was one I had Again, the the, the Anabertan itself is from a design an artist I already really enjoy, so I just copied his design. I just took that design as it was. Yeah. Uh, really just did the editing enough to make it plain black and white and flat versus being 3D and kind of stylized. hmm And kept it in, on me in my phone. I had it in my, like, most top photos for easily two, three months, and just stars aligned. I was at a tattoo parlor. A guy offered me a cheap tattoo as a deal because my friend was getting one, and I referred him. So I said, fuck it, rather than wait an extra three months and plan this out, cheap tattoo right away, and I know I already want it, jumped on it. There you go. So I look forward to getting yours. I, I'm hoping by then we can film it, film it happening, get a little video. We could. We could see. But uh, to those of you out there who are debating tattoos, again, respect your parents, respect family, respect religion, respect all that stuff. But if you really want one, if you
1: really feel That's it's the a, right thing to do. I would say definitely consider those opinions but if you really want to go your own way yeah because I'm not going to dig
0: into it but I mean we have a friend Stu who doesn't have one and wants one because his father wouldn't let him yeah and he still lives at home so for the time being he's holding off Uh, I mean my parents totally were against tattoos and within a year figured I had one and kind of just my dad finds them stupid my mother respects them but again neither one loves them that's fair so again don't rebel don't be stupid but if you know what you want,
1: it's passionate, you feel it. It's your body. Do it. I think, uh, I think that wraps it up for, for for the subjects. Yeah, we'll
0: do our usual uh, doodly-doos and get out of here. Doodly-doos. Doodly-do-doos. A little upset, I went drink two beers. I, was, I find Stella was so down, but I was just like, you know what, I'll have the other no, one later. That's all right. Nothing wrong
1: with that. I'm going to do a movie night tonight. I'm watching Man, the a movie. I'm probably going to. Anyway, we need to finish this up. Finish yes. To our lovely listeners, we just, can we
0: just say really, Do we ever say thank you to our listeners? Thank you, listeners. Thank you, listeners. You know what? I mean, I look at those numbers. I see those downloads. I imagine a few of you are listening. I got a text today from one of our listeners just saying they love the show and they actually wanted to you know, follow up on something we talked about. And it's it's guys like you that really make me like love that I do this. This is as much as this self-serving I like talking because, well, do I ever shut up? Ever? No. No, never. Never. I talk in my sleep. Paul can kill me sometimes. But I love hearing from people who've listened to the show and their feedback or their opinions or the... Even this one was the, oh, I wish I knew your subjects. I had feedback. I had a story for you before you recorded and it's now too late. So to avoid missing that and not being too late next time, Jeff, um, follow us on Facebook, our full names. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at thought as you see on our little...
1: Album cover logo thing? Yeah. At at Ryan W. Yeah, with a capital A, too. Mm-hmm. You know it. You know it. Uh,
0: again, we're going to say it every episode. Thank you, Andrea. Thank
1: you, Andrea. You're a
0: fantastic artist. We love our avatars. We, we do. We love you. Uh, Ruby Chibi's been fantastic. I'm loving that series. Mm. And I just can't wait till next RTX one. Maybe we'll be guests at RTX. Maybe we won't be. We'll we'll go and we'll record from the hotel room there, we'll get to have a few people at least. Our invites will get lost in the mail. I'm sure. That's it. We'll show up anyway. So I'm down. We'll show up anyway because
1: we knew we would invite.
0: So we, it. we invite. really like, we have to like really like look into the summer plan this finally. Like, yeah, we do. We
1: gotta go to RTX. We do. I
0: gotta meet. I gotta meet you, Andrea. Hopefully, you'll be there for us. Yeah. I'm so down. to everyone, have a good evening.
1: Assuming this is the evening when you're listening to it. Otherwise, have a great whatever time of the day you're at yes and the rest of your time also all of your time all of time and space shall be enjoyed hopefully always get a tattoo yes of space and time get a get five tattoos of your face on your face <laughs> what was the Did I ever actually really quick tattoo store to end this off with?
0: all right do you know margaret show yes the actress and comedian yes do you know she has two tattoos on her ass Really? Do you know I've seen them live? She pulled her pants out on stage for us, shows her tattoos. Oh, that's fun. So I've seen Margaret Cho's ass. Nice. And two really nice tattoos on each butt cheek. Dece. I can't remember they were 100% because I was kind of distracted by, you know, her ass. Okay. But, uh, yeah, no, despite uh, her age,
1: uh... She's still just a rat in a cage. Oh, not (laughs) quite. (laughs) Anyway... (laughs) On that musical note, will you play us off? Yeah. Speaking of which. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. No, me too, I guess.